This is The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. It's Friday. We made it. ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. You're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. Heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. This hour of the program brought to you by Ingles. Low prices. Love the savings. Well, there you have it, folks. I I guess we just need to shut it down. Uh, According to Paul Feinbaum, we do. Paul Feinbaum says uh, we might as well just cancel the whole football season, so be done with it. I mean, at at this point, uh, if we have only but two SEC games this week, then we just might as well not even have football season. Paul, stop. You know, it's ironic that that SportsCenter led me in this nicely. Because something that was talked about on his show yesterday is something that I really want to talk about. Okay. And you know what? You can say that I have my tinfoil hat on. You can say that I'm being a conspiracy theorist. Or you can you can say whatever you want to say. Okay. But I'm going to say something that some people are not going to like. And it is what it is. Have you noticed that all the teams that are relevant and all the teams that are actual playoff contenders, none of them have canceled a game yet? Do you find that ironic? Because I don't. I see absolutely no irony in that whatsoever. And before you say, oh, Wisconsin canceled the game, they were also 22nd in the country and then beat a horrendous Illinois team, Mm -hmm. and everybody freaked out about them. Yep. And people now think they're better than they are. All the the vast majority of cancellations have come from bad SEC schools, Pac-10, or Pac-12 and Big Ten schools. Mm-hmm. Do you find the irony in that? Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, you are a little tinfoil hatty on that. I, I don't think I am. I, I really don't. Really? You think you think LSU is just trying to get out of the season? LSU's two and three, brother. This season can't end quick enough. It cannot end fast enough. You tell me I'm wrong. You're, you're telling me if, if, if Ed Orgeron had his druthers and he could pull the plug on this and just we're playing for next year. You're telling me he wouldn't. Nah, you started in the top ten and you've been housed twice. Okay. If you think LSU wouldn't get out of this, you're out of your mind. I mean, I get it, but they're the biggest disappointment in college football. But to, but to carry this conspiracy theory through to fruition, you're just so so. You're saying that these schools that are not contenders like LSU. So I'll use them as an example since this is now two games. Here's that what they I, have caused to be delayed. Who? The Florida game, LSU. Yeah. The Florida game and now the Alabama game. Mm-hmm. So to carry this out if this were the case then so they're canceling games to try to force the powers that be to shut it down. No, that's not what I'm saying. Okay. What I'm saying is they don't care that much. Because let's be real honest, LSU got dominated by Mississippi State, Mm -hmm. who's bad. Mm -hmm. They got beat by Missouri, and they got just absolutely handled by Auburn, who's also bad. What I'm saying is, do you not think, had all of this negative not happened, do you not think that maybe, 
just maybe these guys would have been a little more careful. Maybe they would have done. And, and I'm not. I'm not I mean, saying possibly. that. The, I'm not saying the positives don't exist. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying this at all. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be honest with you. This is not my theory. This has been floated for weeks. I mean, there, there have been blue check marks on Twitter saying, "You mark my words." As these guys stop having something to play for, mm-hmm. they're going to get real ill about not being able to live their lives in college because right. these are still 18, 19, and 20-year-old kids. Right. Well, it's like the story of the of the LSU and Alabama football players that got pulled over by the cops. Have you seen that, that story? No. Um, anyway, the... the, the they're they're alleging that the cops were too rough with them or or whatever. What I'm not, I don't want to talk that, about what, that. What does that have to do with what I'm, I'm talking about? I, I'm walking you down the path. Okay, you're going to walk a little faster. <laughs> <laughs> um, but those two players had just come from like a massive house party. Well, and, and that's the that's the gist of it. I mean, I'm I, I okay. I still you're I still don't understand what what in the world that had to do with what I'm saying right here. You're talking about players not being careful. What, no, the more well, the further I, I and further am, we get into the I season. I am to a point. Here's what I'm saying: Clemson's star quarterback just missed a game. Guess what? They didn't cancel it. You know mm-hmm. why? Because they couldn't cancel it because they needed that game to happen. Mm-hmm. It was better for them as a loss than a postponement. Notice that Alabama hasn't canceled a game yet. Notre Dame hasn't canceled a game yet. Ohio State hasn't. Texas A&M hasn't. Florida Florida hasn't been the responsible party no. yet. Cincinnati hasn't. BYU hasn't. Miami has. Indiana hasn't. You know what? All t- you know what those ten teams have in common? That's the top ten in college football. Mm-hmm. Who's canceling games? I mean, really. And again, I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist here. I'm really not. Mm-hmm. But look at who's canceled games this week. Right. LSU, worst season in the last probably 20 years for LSU. Maryland, horrid. Tennessee, horrid. Missouri, horrid. Coastal Carolina and Troy, I, I don't actually know who canceled that game, so I can't really speak to that one. Right. Uh, Auburn and Mississippi State, both horrid. Mm-hmm. I mean, just it's, it's not that short of a walk to go, okay, there are teams that care and there are teams that don't. I don't think this is a broad leap. And this became a huge topic yesterday. Right. This was floated by a Georgia beat writer who would not answer the question that he was being asked. He wouldn't say what I'm telling you right now. Mm -hmm. I firmly believe there are programs that really care and really want this season to come to fruition. And the further this season goes along and the more teams are out of contention, the more you're going to see this. Of teams just canceling games. Yeah. but All right. So let's really be honest here. Do you know what LSU avoided by canceling this game? What? And there's no transparency either, so we have no idea how many tests are positive. Who's? We have no clue. Right. There's no transparency, which is basically you leading me down this path because there's no accountability. So what LSU avoided by by postponing this Alabama game is getting beat sixty to ten because that's what was going to happen, and you know I'm right. Yes. Alabama was going to beat them to death. So what I guess what I'm saying is that you got 18, 19, 20 year old kids. What incentive do they have at this point? So you're telling them to follow all these protocols and they're being tested and all these other things. Well, you can't watch them twenty four hours a day, whether you like this or not, right. you can't. Right. So you look at these high end blue chip recruits at LSU that are two and three and getting killed in local media. I I don't think it's a far stretch to say that when they get invited to a house party and they look at their season and they go, what's the worst that could happen? Right. They cancel the rest of these games that we're getting just housed in. <laughs> I don't think that's a long leap. 
I no, really don't. No, it's not too much of a long leap. But. And you know when? You know what will change my mind on that? When a relevant team has to cancel. Mm-hmm. That's when I'll go. Okay, maybe I was wrong. Or knowing myself, I'll go. Nah, that's the aberration that proves the rule. Yeah, you've got your one outlier in Wisconsin, um, and, and they're not an outlier to me. I knew that's what you were going to say. Mm-hmm. That, they're not a contender. It's comical to me <laughs> that people think they are a contender. You played one game, and it was against Illinois, mm-hmm. and everybody overreacted and went, look, we have another Big Ten contender. They'd get beat by Ohio State by 50. I mean, they would get run up and down the field for four quarters. You may be right about that. I, there's no I may be. I know I'm right about it. And if we ever get and to a Big Ten battle game, you're <laughs> right. going to see it. Right. <laughs> All right. I mean, but literally, just go back through time. Look at the games that were postponed last week. Mm-hmm. You know what they had in common? Oh, it's, uh, let's see, you got Charlotte, Middle Tennessee. Middle Tennessee State, one of the worst teams in college football, had to cancel a game. Huh. Weird. Purdue and Tulsa and UTSA. They'll be in the pick second later. <laughs> you know, and Arizona and UTEP. And they're all awful. Right. And, and and I can't remember this beat writer's name. I've looked for it all day long. I can't figure out. I can't remember who it is. His last name's Griffith, and they talk on the Fine Bomb Show every Thursday. This is the same guy that said Georgia was going to beat Florida last week. But the point of what he was saying is, to me, it's not a it's not a broad jump to say, well, if you had a little something more to play for, maybe you would have found a way to play. Because it's funny to me that Alabama's had positive tests. Their coach had it. They found a way. Mike. Mike Griffith. Mike Griffith. Alabama found a way, and their coach had it. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm trying to say. So Arizona State is just another of the schools that is in the conspiracy to shut down football. Packed. I'm not, and you're, see, you're taking that leap of this is a conspiracy. <laughs> no, right. I'm saying they don't care because nothing right. changes. Right. So I got you. I, no, I completely understand what you're saying. There are some teams that are in this thing, and there are some teams that are not. Yeah, and Arizona the ones State that are not had, don't care about canceling a game. Yeah, Arizona State dooted in their pants last week against USC and lost a game that they 100 percent should have lost, should have won. Right. And then oh, stunner! This week oh, we we can't play. Mm-hmm. Herm has Herm has Rona. You know it's and the Pac-12 doesn't care anyway. We talked about this for six months. Right. It's not like I'm telling you anything you don't know. The Big 12 or the Big 10 doesn't care either. Mm-hmm. But you know what doesn't seem to be happening? Oddly enough, we're not losing games in the Big 12, and we're not losing games in the ACC. At least not games that matter. Mm-hmm. Funny how that happens. It's weird how teams that care find a way to play. And you can tell me I'm a conspiracy theorist and I have my little tinfoil hat on. That's fine. I would, I'm going to venture a guess that the Paul Feinbaums and the fear-mongering and all these things about the second wave and the Rona and blah, 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 you know it's not going to affect? It's not going to affect Alabama. Right. Bet it doesn't affect Ohio State. Right. Bet it doesn't affect Clemson. Bet it doesn't affect Notre Dame. I'm just, shocker, weird that that doesn't happen. Florida had a billion positive tests at one point. Mm-hmm. A billion. And guess who's playing this weekend? If it was up to them. Right. They didn't cancel that game. Right. Actually, I lied. Florida's playing anyway. 
<laughs> I, can fe- I confused the myself there. The weekend picks coming up uh, later on in Green on Green. End of each hour, Jeremy's going to have a six-pack and a shot for you. Uh, and I've got some doozies today. <laughs> his money line specials of the week. And, of course, in about uh, seven minutes, we're going to be talking with Asheville Police Chief David Zach for the Chiefs picks. I've got to get one right against it. I am getting just blistered by our chief of police. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. If he beats me like that again, I may not have a job on Monday. Right. It's six to two. It might be the sports tank with Chief David Zach if he just keeps <laughs> destroying me like this. <laughs> I don't know if he could clear his whole schedule for that. He might make you fill in uh many days. Uh, oh, I can I can come be his fill in if he uh, Exactly. I mean I'd still do it. You'd be the backup. I'd still do You'd it. Do- <laughs> So the Chief will be in here picking games with us in just a little bit. Of course, uh, Jeremy's picks for the weekend coming up at the end of each hour. We'll have a monkey knife fight for you. we got the Masters going on. Uh, they finally did do the end of the first round. Uh, now they're in the middle of the second round. Mm-hmm. How are they going to get caught back up here? They'll probably finish out today. You they started so? real early this morning. You think so? Because I mean, there's guys there. There's guys teeing off at like two forty-five, I think, and I don't know that that's enough to get it in. Well, as of right now, well, you got one. You got one guy that withdrew, and you got a few. I mean, you've you've got a group of guys here that yeah, some of these guys may not finish out today. Mm-hmm. You know, they might start tomorrow. You're like Dustin Johnson. No, sorry, I'm looking at the wrong mm-hmm. time. Yeah, Tiger Woods is on two. Tiger uh, is not going to finish today. I can right. tell you that much definitively. <laughs> right. Paul Casey as well. He's on two. Yeah. I mean, it's it. It, it just to me, it one hundred percent is what it is. They'll get right. it in. Oh, by the way, um, <clears throat> I would be remiss if I didn't point this out. Since you called me a moron this morning for saying that Bryson DeChambeau was going to miss the cut. Yeah. Cut happened right now. Mm-hmm. Guess who doesn't make it? Really. Bryson DeChambeau, because he's two over today. Oh dang! Even par. My That's not favorite, good. my favorite thing that anybody has ever said to me: when you come at the king, you best not miss. And I'll be honest with you: you can you can call me on the carpet about baseball, mm-hmm. a little bit about basketball, a very little bit about football. Mm-hmm. Golf's one of those. If I tell you something, yeah. you might want to listen to it. Okay, because I've been real good at this for a real long time. I know more about golf. And here's the thing. I'm not tooting my horn here. I'm really more making fun of myself because I have played more DFS golf than probably anybody in Buncombe <laughs> County. I'm sure you probably have. And I've come real close to winning a whole mess of money. And I have won a whole mess of money. Uh-huh. You got three guys at the top of the leaderboard right now at nine under for the Masters. Abraham Answer, Cameron Smith, and Justin Thomas. Any of those guys... Uh, Gonna stick at the top. Justin of the Thomas will. Justin Thomas one hundred percent will. And I and I'll be honest with you, I wouldn't be shocked if Cam Smith does. Okay. You know, Abram Answer, that's a guy that you know will probably. When, it, tomorrow's the tough day. That's the other part of this, and and nobody's gonna talk about this. Mm-hmm. This is a legitimate thing. So the way that golf works is that they set the course up different ways for different days. So the guys that are already in the clubhouse. They got Friday set up. Right. The guys that have to play their the end of their second round tomorrow and the whole third round, they get to play the third round set up two times. Right. That is not an advantage in any way. Because wins are Saturday. It's harder as it yes. goes. Yeah. 
Saturday's the usually the hardest day at the Masters. They want Sunday to be a little bit of a scoring day. Mm-hmm. You know, Saturday's moving day, and that's the day that you will see the. I mean, it's separate the men from the boys. Oh boy, yeah, you'll see an ugly course setup tomorrow. And these guys that have to play it twice, because I mean, I'm looking at guys. Tiger is probably going to have to play nine holes tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Guys like you know, I'm trying to find guys that are actually in contention. Paul Casey, he's going to play it twice. Patrick Reed, Tony Finau, Louis Oosthuizen. <laughs> Uh, John Rom, Zender Schofley. A lot of guys that are in contention are going to have to play the most difficult setup of this course two times. Right. And that is not advantageous. But here's what I do know. Tomorrow, I will be sitting around with my pimento cheese and, and my cold domestic beer. Did you order it? Uh, I didn't order the Masters okay. stuff, but I, I, I might have taken your advice. Okay, see? Uh, you got the Palmetto brand? I, I don't know. That's kind. I, I don't like pimento cheese, so I'm not going to love this regardless. <laughs> but you've already procured it, or is your plan to procure it? My plan it? is to procure it. A jalapeno. Get the get the kind with the jalapeno in it. I thought that's what a I thought that's what a pimento was. No. No. A pimento is a pepper, like, isn't it? It's like a yeah, but I mean it's it's like olivey. Oh, is that why I don't like it? Man, Wait probably. a minute. is not that red thing. Yeah, in it's olive, the red it? thing in this that they put in the center of the olives. I'm not really actually sure what a pimento is. I'm I'm very angry that you just told me that because <laughs> I despise olives. <laughs> well, I mean, it just tastes like the pimento. It's not it's not the actual olive. You don't get that sour taste. I don't. Well, look, I don't look at the olive and go, oh, I, I like this part, but I didn't know. I hate the whole thing. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not like olives grow with those in there. They put the pimento in there because it's a nice complement of flavor. It's it's not. That's not how that works. The olives- I was today years old and I learned that. Yeah. <laughs> you thought I had no the idea. The pimento grew in the olive. I didn't okay. know that was a pimento until 45 <laughs> seconds ago. <laughs> I thought, here's the thing. You could have convinced uh, me that olives grew in the ground or mm-hmm. that they grew on trees mm-hmm. or that a stork brought them. I that's don't know a, where they come from. A, here's what I know. If you put one in my drink, I'm not going to drink it. <laughs> like, just point blank, period. You won't touch and it. And if you put one on my pizza, I'm going to yell at you. So you're not you're not down with the, the martinis? No. You don't. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm a very, I'm a simple man. I need a glass. Right. I need some ice, and you just throw a little whiskey in there. Okay. We'll be hunky dunky. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I I recommend the the jalapeno kind of uh, pimento cheese. Well, now I'm pimento out on jalapenos because or now I'm out on the pimento cheese because you just ruined it for me. Thanks. <laughs> Sorry. The whole weekend's just, shot. You, you look, get it, and you'll thank me. You know what just, I had to look forward to? Winners, all the winners, free money right. out of the airplane, giving it to you. All day long. That's right. All right. We got uh, coming up next, Asheville Police Chief David Zach will be in studio with us picking the NFL slate against Jeremy. He is destroying Jeremy at this contest. Two weeks we've done it. They have differed on eight games, and the Chief is up six to two. Woof. <laughs> we'll be right back here on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. This is G. Duggaroff, voice of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the sports tank. Fire them cannons. By golly, put more powder in those things. All right, it's ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, 
1400, it is week 10 in the NFL. And joining us once again in the studio, the Ingalls Studios here, we've got Asheville Police Chief David Zach. And uh, so, you are doing really well in this game. I am not here to vote. <laughs> He's taking the high road on I am you. Taking, I am, uh, fortunes change quickly in the NFL and in the betting world. So. <laughs> it, makes it, it, make, it makes it so difficult when my button wasn't working, right. so I was just talking to a dead microphone. <laughs> it makes it so difficult when he's humble. I was really hoping he was going to come in here and just Ric Flair it and just nature boy me. Right. Should this so trend much. continue, however... You never know. Uh, At the the right we're going, this might be over by Thanksgiving. (laughs) All right, we are in here for the Chiefs Picks. New sponsor for the Chiefs Picks segment. Clarissa Sells, WNC.com. Clarissa Marshall of EXP Realty, a great friend of ours. Uh, She has hopped on to sponsor this segment and many other things between the sportsocracy and the sports tank, and we are super happy to have her. She's one of the best realtors I've ever met in my life and just an overly nice person. Yeah, this is true, and by the way, Clarissa helped me find my home. She's a here in the Asheville area. Yeah. She there is are, the best. There are very few people in this life that I look at and go, you know what? You just work harder than I do, mm-hmm. and you're better at what you do than I am at what I do. <laughs> uh-huh. She is one of those people. And I must say, I am not. I was not the most easy uh, client to work with. Ah, uh, very high no, maintenance. Very yes, I'm a high maintenance. Uh, <laughs> buyer but no she was awesome i mean she helped me out and worked with her for quite a few months she's the she's the best man excellent all right so chiefs chiefs picks brought to you by give the website again clarissa sells it wnc.com clarissa sells wnc.com yeah uh chief you guys have uh split on eight games for the first two weeks that we've been doing this and you are up six to two on six Jeremy. to two oh did, do you have I, to keep I, saying that? I didn't know. I, I didn't know. <laughs> I don't buy that at all. I believe he knew that <laughs> completely. Oh, he did. He absolutely knew it because on Saturday, as or on last Sunday, as the games are going by, I think I heard him say, I am destroying that dude. Yes. I, I don't believe I said that. I don't believe I said that. If I were you, I would have said that. So. <laughs> it can turn quickly. It can turn quickly. All right. So. All right. Well, let's see how this week shakes out for the two of you. Week 10. Uh, let's see here. First game on the list, Washington and Detroit. we got the football team against the Lions. The Lions are a four-point favorite at home. Matt Stafford and at, company. I have them at three. You have them at three. Are you looking? At oh, this? excuse me. I look. Are, at the are you doing that? Again. Looking at the open. Doing the looking at the looking at the open instead of the uh, current line. And the current line is three. Detroit minus three. I'm going to cede the opening pick to the uh, current victor. Oh, to the champ. Okay. Yes. Uh, Alex Smith, the start, right? Yep. Alex Smith will start for the football team. That would be the that would be the story of the week, wouldn't it? Maybe the season for Alex mm-hmm. Smith to come in and, and win that game. I will. I think it'd be the story uh, would, of the century from yeah. the from the last time I saw him on the field. It would be the story of the century if he could put think, together. A I good think game. Washington goes in highly emotional and and pulls this out. Okay, Washington football team plus the three. Jeremy, I really thought I was going to get one right here. I'm on Washington plus three as well. All right, all right. The pass rush just too much for the Detroit Lions. I like the defense and I like this team a lot better with Alex Smith than I did with Kyle Allen. And Lions have been all over the place. They're, they're, they're impossible hard. to figure out. They're very hard to, to pin down. Because as soon as you think they're bad, they're good. And as soon as you think they're good, they're real, real bad. Right. 
I just I don't like that line against the defensive line of Washington. And you got Alex Smith, and this is just this Even is one of those times in Detroit. I don't care if they play this on the moon. Okay, this is one of those games. That this is the first time you've had Alex Smith as the starter for a week, and and maybe I watched too many Disney movies as a child, but I just don't <laughs> see any way they're losing this game. I guarantee you, you didn't watch too many Disney movies as a child uh, because there is no joy in your life. Cleveland Browns <laughs> are a three and a half point favorite at home against the Houston Texans. Jeremy, uh, your pick. Baker Mayfield still the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns, but do you think they'll beat the god awful Texans? The Texans are one of the worst run defenses in the league. Cleveland minus three and a half. I, right. got, I got to go with that as well. I mean, Cleveland's getting super healthy here too, so I, I think Cleveland's tough to beat this week. Yeah, you I may agree. or may not get Nick Chubb back this week. Just every plus Houston's just awful. They're a bad football team. It's weird to me that the team is talking about. Nick Chubb may be back, uh, but the only statement I've seen from Nick was, I don't know if I'm going to be back or not. Like, like he well, didn't seem very sure of it himself. Well, Nick Chubb's not an overly boisterous guy, True. so he pretty much is leaving that up to Kevin Stefanski. Oh, yeah. There's enough, to, in my opinion, there's enough personalities in that room that he's going, nah, I'm not going to be that guy. You, you ask, Coach. <laughs> All right, the uh, Green Bay Packers, Chief, are at home. They are 13.5-point favorites against the Jacksonville Jaguars with Jake Luton in his second start in the NFL. That is a lot of points. That is a lot of points, but I'm still I'm still going with, with the pack on this. Yeah, all, all the right. way. All right, Packers. Woo! <laughs> Jeremy thinks he's going to steal one. I do think I'm going to steal one. I'm taking Jacksonville plus 13 and a half. <laughs> I do not give that many points in the NFL unless I'm sure. And I'm going to be honest with you about something. Jacksonville, or not Jacksonville, Green Bay tends to let down. They play to the level of their competition a lot. The only game that they've really killed a team that they're way better than was San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And I still like Jake Luton better than most people do. So I'm going to take Jacksonville plus the 13 and a half. All right. Now we have a divisional showdown. Just like, I mean, just as, just as thick as the one we had last night on Thursday night football, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles and the New York Giants. Giants at home, and they are a uh, four point dog to the Philadelphia Eagles. Jeremy. I want to do it. I do, but I'm not going to. I'm taking Philadelphia minus four. All right. They're the best team in this division. I get Carson Wentz. You get Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. I, I just can't. I can't do it. I know Philadelphia's not good, but the Giants aren't either. All right. Jeremy picking Philadelphia to cover the four. I think the Giants record is better than it indicates. I have gone with the Giants the last two weeks, and I'm going to keep riding them. I'll go with the Giants. All right. Oh, that makes me like Philadelphia way less than I liked them about 14 <laughs> seconds ago. Uh, I, I, I'm with the Chief on this one. Uh, I think I think the Giants will probably win this game. I don't trust Carson Wentz at all. I but, know I know he's there's still some good in there somewhere in him. But uh, Jeremy, you like to use the broken boyfriend analogies. That just because there's some good somewhere in there doesn't mean he's always going to be a winner. Most of the time, he's going to be a loser. And Carson Wentz has given the ball away way too much this year. You're not wrong. I don't disagree with anything you just said. <laughs> but I look at the Giants and say, you don't get to the quarterback well. That's one of the things that's been the bugaboo of Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you're going to do that, so I'm going to take Philadelphia. Giants, right. the Giants have stayed close, though, most. They most do stay games. close they stayed, every game. If this game was a – and I'll be honest with you, I liked it better at three. I liked it way better at three. But so long as it stays at four, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm okay. 
All right, Tampa Bay and Carolina. You get the Carolina Panthers at home, but they are six point or excuse me, five and a half point dogs to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady coming off a loss. Some people think that this could be an upset. I'm not one of them, obviously. I have a funny feeling we're gonna be on the same side of this one. <laughs> I'm I think Brady took such a beating. Mm-hmm. This last week in that New Orleans game, I don't think it happens twice. I think Brady comes out; he's got something to prove, and yeah, I'm going to go with Tampa. All right, Tampa covers the five and a half. What say you, Jeremy? I'm right there. Brady after a loss, mm-hmm. I just never doubt Tom Brady after he gets embarrassed, right? And I think he got embarrassed. The one thing I will say about this game the 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 over under has moved four and a half full points, and I still don't think it's high enough. I think there's going to be a ton of points in this game. Yeah, and with no and, and with no Carlton Davis, which is looking like Tampa Bay's not going to have Carlton Davis. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like Teddy Bridgewater this week a lot. You like uh, Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore, and I think they're all going to have a. Good I'll put it this way: through we a picked day, anyway. we picked five games so far. I haven't taken an under yet. Mm-hmm. Now I haven't said any of those out loud, but I've been on the over of right. all five of these games so far. All right, 4 o'clock slate of games, Denver Broncos and the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders at home, they are a four-point favorite at home. This is one where I would really like to try to get one back, but I have a feeling I know which way he's going to go, and I'm going to go the same. I'm going to take Las Vegas minus four for one very simple reason. Derek Carr is way better than people give him credit for. Mm-hmm. This is the To me, it's the most underappreciated quarterback in the NFL. It's not all that close. Yep. He's an elite quarterback. Not necessarily in the Mahomes, Watson, Russell Wilson category, mm-hmm. but I think he's solidly in the next tier. Yeah, he's the top guy in the next tier. He's like the Joe Flacco territory. Currently or when he won a Super Bowl? <laughs> no, because currently about- Joe Flacco is in that <laughs> Dwayne Haskins tier. Obviously not currently. Okay, I was just making sure. Talking, no, but but I had this argument with people about, is Joe Flacco an elite quarterback? Um, yeah, but he's like the very bottom of the elites. <laughs> I, enough. I think Derek Carr's markedly better than that. I'm taking Las Vegas minus four. All right. I said last week I was bullish on the Raider, Raiders all year, and that continues. All right. Me. Everybody on the Raiders to cover the four against the Denver Broncos. Buffalo Bills and the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, I this could a, be one I of the. I have a funny feeling. I have a funny feeling. I know which direction he's going on this one. <laughs> this could be one of the uh, one of the best games of the weekend, uh, Chief. Your Bills are on the road, and uh, they are a two and a half point underdog. Buffalo by one hundred. <laughs> Once again, I thought that was the last week when they played Seattle. I thought that was a layup that I was going to gain a game, mm-hmm. and of course, I got beat by a billion. I'm going back to the well. I'm taking Arizona minus two and a half. Yep. I and and to be honest with you, this is a game that I'm really excited we're going to be in the same room for because I love Arizona, which means that Buffalo is probably going to win this game by closer to the hundred that he just said than Arizona will be to the two and a half that I just said. <laughs> All right. Also, Seattle and the L.A. Rams. We've got an NFC West divisional matchup. The Rams are at home. They are one and a half, one and a half point favorite against the Sea Chickens. The Sea Chickens. Um, I I I can't take. I can't not take Russell Wilson coming off a loss getting a point and a half. Mm-hmm. 
I think they're the better offense. I don't necessarily think they're the better team. I don't like DK Metcalf with Jalen Ramsey on him. There's a lot of reasons I could take the Rams, but I get Russell Wilson this way. Seattle plus one and a half. All right, Seattle plus the one and a half, Chief. I'm with Jeremy. Yeah, after after the loss, Russell Wilson. This is a big game. Yeah. And this is a must win for Seattle, so I think I go with Seattle here. Yeah, I mean, this 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 is a game that could turn over control of that division, uh, and Russell Wilson knows it. Oh, I agree. I mean, and you know what? Russell's in that same ilk as Tom Brady. Yeah, I said ilk, not elk. That Good time. job. Uh, I'm so proud that, of you. That after you after you get beat like that, I just look at Russell and go, you know what? I don't think you're going to let that happen two weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we got San Francisco and New Orleans uh, down at the Superdome. Nine and a half point favorite are the Saints against the 49ers. I want to do this. Don't. So don't. They're dead. D-E-D, dead. I don't think they're as dead as you think they are. Oh, here we go. This, so, All right, so you're going to have to take the journey with me. Okay. This has let down spot written all over it. Sure, sure. They play the Falcons next week. Mm-hmm. You're looking at this team as a dead team. Mm-hmm. Oh, they don't have any players. Raheem Mostert's not going to play. I don't think it matters. And, and yes, I think New Orleans wins. The numbers move too much. If this had stayed at six and a half where it started, I would have taken New Orleans. But it didn't, and I'm not. San Francisco plus nine and a half. Okay. Chief, are you going to I, be... Uh... I got to say, I agree with everything he said. Really? I, yeah. That nine and, nine and a half is too much. That is too many points. And like I say, everybody is now back on the New Orleans bandwagon, and it is just ripe for... Okay. This too has, much, this has recency this. bias written all over yeah. it. All right. Too many points. Too many so points. everybody's on San Francisco plus the nine and a half. I don't like giving up that many points, and I don't think San Francisco's that bad. Mm-hmm. Now, they've had some bad games, but I don't think they're that bad. And that zone running scheme, it really doesn't matter who's back there. That New Orleans defense is not as as uh, disciplined as they looked against Tampa Bay. Okay. Man, I thought I was getting one back right there. I was so <laughs> sure he was taking New Orleans. I, you know what? I don't like giving up that many points, but I gave up 13 and a half in Green Bay, so there you go. Yeah, and he's probably right about both, honestly. Uh, we got the Chargers and the Miami Dolphins, both rookie quarterbacks on uh, either side. You got Justin Herbert against Tua Tungavailoa, and Tua's team at home, one and a half point favorite. I. You know the abuse I take when I go against Miami. It's it's it's, it's painful to to sit there. Um, no, actually, you know this. You're thinking maybe with Herbert, like there's there's some motivation there getting passed over. But the fact of the matter is, Miami is just playing way too well. Mm-hmm. Miami's playing way too well. I got to take Miami. Here. Yeah, that defense is the defense is for real with no Van Noy That's and no true. Christian Wilkins. I really considered taking the Chargers right here. And then I remembered the Chargers can't finish a game, <laughs> and I'm going to be happy for about 57 minutes, and then I'm going to lose. Yep. So I'm taking Miami minus one and a half. This All will right. also probably help my personal life as well. Yes. I'm just kind of throwing that in there. Yes. yes. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals and the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers, a seven and a half point favorite at home against the Cincinnati team that's set to shock the world. I've already seen at least two experts talk about Joe Burrow. This could be it. This could be the the breakout game where he comes out and beats the 8-0 Pittsburgh Steelers. What do you think? So uh, one of the things that I'm a big fan of 
is the aberration in betting movement. And it's you don't see this very often. So if the line's going to come down, how if this is a grind them out game, who does that lend to? Oh, Pittsburgh. 100%. Yeah. The line has come down, and so has the spread. That makes no sense to me. If you think this game's going to be close, you should think they're going to score points because that's what Cincinnati does. Mm-hmm. So this is one of those aberration games to me where I have to disagree with one of them. I'm going to disagree with both because I'm going to take the over and I'm going to take Pittsburgh minus seven and a half. Okay. Chief, do you think the st- the uh, Bengals have it in them to steal one here or to keep it close? Bengals keep it close. I'll take the points. Nice. Yeah. Cincinnati Bengals. Plus seven and a half. I I wasn't sure that he was going to do that, but I had an inkling <laughs> because that is the that is the most that's one of those games that I'm looking at going. You're overvaluing Dallas. Yes. You're overvaluing the most recent thing you saw because right. I think Pittsburgh is going to demolish them, and they very well could. But here's the thing: they've only done it to one team this season. Mm-hmm. They've only demolished. The Cleveland Browns. Every other game they played has been super close. Within one score, you don't expect you know you don't expect it to be as close as it is. And I I do like Cincinnati's offense. I'm not saying that's the way I'm going to lean, but it does make sense. I believe Pittsburgh has heard all the rumblings of <laughs> oh you you let the Cowboys stay close right. Mm-hmm. Oh. Not even stay close. You were losing to the Cowboys for the majority of that game. Yeah, I look at the pass rush for Pittsburgh and a rookie quarterback mm-hmm. that has been put on his back a lot and go, you know what? I think I'm just going to I'm stay the course. Mm-hmm. Bud Dupree over under uh, two sacks. Oh, I'll always go under on props like that. Really? Yes, always. Okay. One and a half. Oh, that's closer. <laughs> I wish you had said TJ Watt. <laughs> uh, Baltimore and New England on Sunday night football this week. The Baltimore Ravens on the road in Foxborough. They are a seven-point favorite. Is it enough? Does anybody give any hope that New England can keep this close? This is Jeremy's pick. I cannot legitimately believe that I'm considering taking New England. No. If it was if it was more, I'm taking Baltimore minus seven. Yeah, you can't do it. I wish it was like nine and a half, which is what it should be. Because I do think they keep this game close. Okay. You know what you know what Bill Belichick does just infinitely better than anybody in in the history of the NFL? He takes away game your number plan. one option. Right, game. And plan. their number one option is to run the ball. And I think it takes away all the deficiencies for New England. Mm-hmm. I think all of their deficiencies are covered by the fact Lamar Jackson can't throw. And it makes me want to do it so bad, but it's not enough points. Baltimore <laughs> minus seven. All right, Chief. Yeah, I'm I'm in agreement there. I I think I was thinking New England all week on this, and then as closer we got to picking, I was like, man, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And uh, yeah, I got to just say Baltimore myself. All right. All I right. kept wanting the line to move. Nine and a half was my line. That was where I was taking New England. And it's it's moved half a point, which is infuriating. <laughs> and then Monday Night Football this week, we've got an NFC Norse matchup between the Minnesota Vikings and the Chicago Bears. Minnesota Vikings are two and a half point favorite on the road at the Bears. Chief, what do you think? 
I think Minnesota. They're they're making that midseason run here. I like the way these guys uh, talk. Where yeah, all of a sudden uh, they got their Jekyll and Hyde thing going, and uh, I think uh, Minnesota takes this. All right, I am so glad he just said that because <laughs> I, I am taking Chicago plus two and a half, and I think they are going to dominate this game because Minnesota's not very good. Mm-hmm. Minnesota's just too one dimensional for me. I, I and I'll be honest with you, Jalen Johnson's the best rookie in the NFL that no one talks about. And that's the guy that's going to be tasked with chasing around Justin Jefferson. If they can't get the ball to Jefferson or to Thielen, and you're one-dimensional with Dalvin Cook, I don't like you at all. And I think Chicago's going to find a way to score just enough. This game might be 10-7, to 7, just throwing that out there. All right, we've got another, uh, we've got another five-game spread this week. So far, the Chief is 6-2. and two. In two weeks, they went two and one, and or, or it was two to one after the first week, and then last week was four to one. It was a bloodbath. Yeah, last week wasn't good for me. Uh, we differed on three picks, and I'll be honest with you, I would parlay those and put your house on it, uh, taking all three of his <laughs> because he has just been on fire. Right. So we've got uh, Jeremy's taking Jacksonville plus the thirteen and a half against Green Bay. Uh, the Chief will take uh, the points. With the New York Giants against Philadelphia, also taking the two and a half against the Arizona Cardinals for the Buffalo Bills. Shocker of shockers, the Chief <laughs> bets on his own uh, Buffalo Bills. Uh, and then uh, the Chief also taking the points in the Cincinnati Pittsburgh game, plus seven and a half for the Bengals. And then Jeremy is taking the two and a half for Chicago, Minnesota on Monday night. So uh, we will find out this weekend. If Jeremy can stay on the show or not, we thought about oh. this. If he goes, if he has another four and one week against you, we might have to get you to do this job. And then, well, I'll tell you what. <laughs> that being said, I'm, I don't think I'm, the people I'm, of Asheville want Jeremy to switch jobs with you. Well, but. no, I actually that that was going to be my point. I, I think there's a large segment of the population in Asheville who would think Jeremy would do a better job than as chief of police. <laughs> oh, they're so, wrong. Just throwing so, that out there, they're a hundred percent wrong. I, think, I can guarantee I think, that. I think people might. Some people might take that, but. Uh, <laughs> We'll see. We'll right. See. Uh, thank you once again to Asheville Police Chief David Zach for joining us uh, all in the program. And uh, and hey, do we got do we got like a few seconds? Oh, absolutely. Did you guys hear the story uh, in Buffalo with with Josh Allen and uh, and his charity? Yeah, yeah. So that's like just a shout out to my hometown there, the the, the Bills Mafia. Uh, yeah, Josh's mother grandmother died uh, the night before the game. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew about it, and uh, Coach McDermott came out the next day and, and, and told uh, all the people of Buffalo about it, and like I think over $400,000 now uh, came into uh, Oshai Children's Hospital uh, from Bills fans in um, memory of Josh's grandmother. Right. So I donated my, donated my 17 bucks, and uh, but yeah, just the good people of Buffalo coming out uh to support. That's so, one of my nice favorite story. stories. Yeah, I love nice that story. story. Yeah, uh, Jeremy told that story earlier this week. And it, uh, to cool. me, you know, Bill's Mafia is like one of the greatest fan bases on the planet, in they're, my opinion. They're without a doubt the hardest team in that division to hate. I'll be honest with you. If anybody was going to take the mantle from New England that was not us, mm-hmm. I'm really glad it's Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Bizarrely, I, even New England says that. You know, you hear a lot of b- right. people from Boston say, "If we're gonna, if, if someone's gonna take us out, we, we'd be okay with it being Buffalo." But, <laughs> and I think that's really that how everybody in the division feels. Is it, Buffalo's fine? We hate Miami, we hate the Jets, and we hate New England. But Buffalo's fine. 
<laughs> we'll take it. We'll take uh, it. All right. Uh, that's the Chiefs picks with Asheville Police Chief David Zach. He once again leads six to two. I'm gonna keep. I'm just gonna keep pounding that number because it's so great. It's a big week though. This we got. We, we got five this ground. week. <laughs> if I can have up. a five and a week, I can be back in the position that's that right. you know I'm supposed to be in. That's right. And this uh, <laughs> this segment brought to you by Clarissa Sells WNC dot com. Clarissa Marshall with EXP Realty there for all your real estate needs. Best realtor in Asheville. Coffee's the closers home. Get them the money. Then when you get the money, you get the power. That watch costs more than your car. Then when you get the power, then you get the work. Welcome back to the Sports Tank, ESPN Asheville, 92.9, 880, and 1400. This is my favorite segment of the week. I have 14 picks, and I'm not going to lie to you. I had to deep dive this week. There are a ton of games canceled. When I did this on Tuesday and laid my picks out, five of those games have now been canceled. So we've had to dig a little deeper. My first pick, Virginia Tech is a a two-and-a-half point dog, or a a two-and-a-half point favorite against Miami of Florida. Let me be really honest with you about Miami. Miami's a good team. They don't run overly well, and Virginia Tech does. This Miami D's average. Virginia Tech's really good on the ground. I think Virginia Tech's going to win this game outright. Give me Virginia Tech minus two and a half. Stanford is a seven and a half point favorite against Colorado. Stanford re- represented itself well against Oregon. They didn't win, but they still played pretty well. I think Colorado's getting a recency bias. My projections have this at about a 17 point game. I don't buy Carl Durrell, I don't buy Colorado. I'm taking Stanford minus seven and a half. Next up, Louisville's a four-point dog to Virginia. Let me repeat that. Louisville's a four-point dog to Virginia. (laughs) Virginia's horrendous. Malik Cunningham is a legitimate big-time college quarterback. Just threw for 350 yards against Virginia Tech, who is without a doubt the best team in Virginia. Give me the Cardinal plus the four. I think they're going to win outright. SMU is a a two-and-a-half-point dog to Tulsa. Again, let me repeat that. SMU is a two-point dog to Tulsa. Shane Bichelle is one of the best quarterbacks that you don't talk about in the country. I understand Tulsa's defense is good. It ain't that good. Give me SMU plus the two-and-a-half. Next up, Arkansas is a 17-and-a-half-point dog to Florida. Can I tell you a secret about Arkansas? They're the only team in college football that has yet to lose a game against the spread. Wow. They're 6-0 and against the spread, and they're about to be 7-0. and I don't think they win this game, but this is a trap game. Florida got up for Georgia. I'm afraid they're going to think they just walk out here and beat Arkansas. This defense is really good. Give me the Razorbacks, plus 17-and-a-half. Next up, South Alabama is a 15-and-a-half point dog to Louisiana. Louisiana 6-1 and one straight up. They're God awful against the spread. They're two and five against the spread. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna say South Alabama finds their passing attack. Looks like they did earlier in the season. I've, I understand they've had some less than ideal games, and I haven't believed in Louisiana the whole time. Give me South Alabama plus fifteen and a half. Now, the South Carolina Gamecocks. This is one of my. They're one of my favorite little teams, and this week. They're an 11-and-a-half-point dog to awful Ole Miss. Ole Miss has one of the worst defenses in the country. I think this line has moved because of last week. I understand South Carolina got killed. I get it. I don't care. I think they're going to cover the 11-and-a-half. I think they're going to win this game outright. Give me South Carolina plus 11-and-a-half to beat Ole Miss. Phew. 
have seven more picks in the next hour. Someone's taking it, taking it all out of you. Well, I, here's the thing. I the commercial break. I I, I I timed it wrong, so I had to run. I had to sprint down the hallway. <laughs> I don't sprint well at my age. No, no. It's it's been a lot of cigarettes uh, ingested well, you in know. you. You know, <laughs> since your sprinting days, we, we, we do do stuff. <laughs> all right, we got Sports Center on the way. Another hour of the program. After that, we'll have all the Masters updates as well as more on uh, on the football weekend, as well as um, NBA. We got to talk some NBA trades because deadlines. There, the uh, not the deadline. The draft is coming up on uh, on Wednesday of next week, and there's a lot to talk about. Guys that could be traded. And yes, for some reason, the Westbrook thing is still floating out there about the Charlotte Hornets. I'm, I'm going to get you why. to stop talking about this if it kills me. <laughs> it's the best thing we got. Just hoping for some kind of relevance for the Charlotte Hornets. This is the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm, I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. Ninety-two point nine FM, eight eighty AM, and fourteen hundred. You're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. Heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Tank Spencer. He's Jeremy Green. We got a big weekend of football. I mean, the slates are uh, not great. No, they're four, not great. Four o'clock. the The four o'clock slate on Sunday is going to be fun. I think there are like four games in there that are very uh, that will keep my attention. But uh, thankfully, the one o'clock slate is so horrible that I can focus all of my efforts on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Carolina Panthers. Yes, Christian McCaffrey is not going to play. Um, and I like Tom Brady coming off of a, uh, coming off of a loss, getting embarrassed on national television, uh, ticked off Tom Brady, as we have seen throughout the years is not something that you want to go up against. So uh, I apologize on behalf of all of the buckaholics to all of you in the roaring riot <laughs> for what's going to happen on Sunday. Yeah, it's not going to be pretty. Angry Tom Brady is not a is not a Tom Brady you want to mess with. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully, we don't have any postponements or cancellations this week in the NFL. <laughs> Can't say the same for college football. We got what six top twenty five teams that aren't having games this week. Yeah, it's not been a pr- it's not been a pretty uh, a pretty week for college football. Mm-hmm. And the latest news is that uh, Arizona State and Cal. Their game has been called off, and the positive tests with Arizona State include head coach Herm Edwards. You play to win the game. Yep. I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to leave that right there. We've got the Masters going on, and uh, Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas, Abraham Answer, and Cam Smith all at 9-under at the top of the leaderboard in round two, unfortunately, things are not going well for Bryson DeChambot because he is now four over for the day uh, through five holes, or is it just through four holes? No, no, no. He just, uh, he just birdied a hole, so he's he's okay. one over through or three over through six. 
<laughs> Still a full shot off the cut line, though. Uh, yeah, it's it's not been good. Not been good at all. He is uh, two over now for the tournament. Yeah, it's not uh, mm-hmm. not good. Well, uh, only the top fifty get in, and right now he's below the cut line. He is. Yikes. So we're not going to see the, uh, the the you know the the long game has not uh, demolished the Masters like it did the the uh, U.S. Open. Tried to tell you, <laughs> you did. I I tried to. Tell I you. got my hopes up, and now they're dashed a little bit. But it doesn't take away any of my enjoyment of this coming week because this this is my first Masters, guys. This is this is. This is my baptism. It's okay. Matthew Wolf, who I was a big fan of. Yeah, he ain't going to make the cut. He's not going to make the cut either. Not even close, actually. Oh, did he fall apart? Yeah, he shot a 77 today. It's, it's, in case you're not Yikes. a big golf fan, that's not good. No. No, not good at all. Uh, but, yeah, we got four guys at the top of the leaderboard right now at nine under par. Patrick Cantlay is right on their heels at eight under. Sung J.M.? That's a new one for me. I'm not familiar with him. I'm not, Do you know him in, at not, all? Okay. Not particularly. Okay. All right. I didn't know if you could impart some knowledge on me. Not, like if not he saying was... I don't know who he is. Just saying I I, I don't have a whole lot of I, right. I don't have a whole lot of spicy takes on him. I mean, he's from South Korea. I can yeah. see that on the. Yeah, uh, that's, that's, they that's put the flags next to it, yeah. and I can figure that out. Um, <laughs> I'm like a third grader. Yay, I recognize the flag of South Korea. Uh, but uh, other big names, Brooks Kepka is at five under. Phil Mickelson's at five under. To be honest with you, that's, I, that shocked like me the, when I saw it. This is like the sweet spot right here at five under. You've got a lot of guys, Hideki Matsuyama, Webb Simpson, John Rahm, say his name, Luis. Louis Ustazen. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Reed. Ricky Fowler's right there at four under. Also, Xander Shoffley. Xander Shoffley. Tiger Woods at four under as well. You could go down Charles Howell the third at three under. There you go. What's the striking distance? What do you think the, to be within striking distance? Where where should you be right now, or does it matter? Oh, I mean, it hundred percent matters. You want to be within about four shots of the lead going into the weekend. I mean, you can be further off than that. It really matters more where you are going into Sunday than where you are going into Saturday. Mm-hmm. As long as you make the cut, I mean, I've seen some tremendous things happen on Saturday. And you got to understand, there's going to be so few. I mean, right now we're projecting 47 players going to make the cut. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so long as you're, I mean, you don't ideally want to be eight shots off the lead. But, <laughs> well, obviously not. But that, but you're not completely but that out, of take you out of it. Okay. No. All right. Because this is not like a usual tournament. Usually, it's top seventy plus ties, and so then you've got to be. I mean, if you're at the at the cut line, then you've got to beat you know maybe eighty guys. Mm-hmm. That's not quite the case here. You got to be you know make the cut. That's the biggest thing, right? Which right now Bryson DeChambeau is not favored to do. No. He's oh, by not. the way, uh, you, you want to know what he just did? What he do? You want to know? Yeah. Yeah, he just bogeyed again. Great. So now he's two over. Uh, he has bogey. He tripled three. Uh, and has bogeyed four of the last five holes. Yeah. That's with a triple. And yeah. that's a triple seven on a par four. That's the thing. You play that long game, you're going to get bit. I really feel like I can't say this enough times. 
I tried my best to tell you. <laughs> well, you act like I've wagered money on this or anything. No, it's just really, it's re- I, I do love, it's almost like when you give somebody directions mm-hmm. and they argue with you. Mm-hmm. Like, if you knew where it was, then why did you ask me? <laughs> and that's, a- that's kind of how I felt about you because right. you said, well, who's good? Because you asked me multiple times. Who's going to be a competitor to win this week? And I said, uh, everybody but Bryson DeChambeau. Mm-hmm. Because Augusta is 100% going to set this course up where it's going to be real, real difficult for him. Mm-hmm. Because this is a place we have seen time and time and time again. They really don't like guys that think they are going to outsmart the game. Right. And if you think you're trying to reinvent the wheel, they will show you very quickly that they are better than you. Right. There's been one guy that's ever beaten that in the history of golf, and his name was Tiger Woods. Mm-hmm. Bryson DeChambeau is not that. No, he's not. And, I mean, he's learning. But I still like him. You know, he is – I mean, you can like him all you want to. You have to learn – and the the thing about Bryson that kind of drives me insane mm-hmm. is that he thinks he's smarter than everybody in the room. Yep. And that drives me absolutely bananas. And, and the thing about golf is we've done this with a lot of different guys. David Duvall thought he was the smartest guy in the room mm-hmm. and that he could play these angles and he could play – it didn't matter if he wasn't in the fairway and then he lost his stroke. Well, there's a reason you did, because every golf course started working against you. And you were trying to do what Tiger did at the same time, which did not lend itself because you were not as good as him. Mm -hmm. John Daly. You know, John Daly thought he was, and I love John Daly, but he thought the fact that I can hit a golf ball, you know, 5,000 yards is good enough to cover up the fact that I can't putt and I can't chip. Well, no, it's not. Sorry that I went off. better than that, though. Than John Daly? Yeah. Uh, he is okay. John Daly. There's a lot of there, there's a lot of um, people remember him as the fat guy that hit you know that was shoeless on a golf course one time, smoking cigarettes, smoking cigarettes, yeah. drinking Coors Lights, and hitting golf balls off beer cans. He was also one of the best amateur golfers in the world. I mean, this is a guy that was real, 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 real good. Mm-hmm. And he went to Arkansas and he was the best golfer on the team. And there's a lot of misinformation about how good he was. He was a fantastic golfer. Right. Now, he became a caricature later in life. Still a wonderful, in my opinion, still a, he got humbled, and he's a very nice guy. You know, I've had very, very limited interaction. I've never had any direct interaction with him. Right. But, you know, I mean, I've heard some negative things. I've never been, I don't know. Right. He wasn't that to me. Everybody I know that's ever met him is like, you're the right. nicest guy in the world. You signed hats for my I'm kids. Sure is. I'm sure he is. Now, there's some other guys that I can't quite say that about. <laughs> not saying Phil Mickelson. But some people are people people. Some people are not people people. And John Daly, he's always been people people. Yeah. And, but he's had, some, he's had some rough times in his personal life. We'll put it that way. That he has. Right. Everybody's got their darker sides. His just isn't. Yeah, I was gonna start. I was starting to say his just necessarily isn't out there in the public, but yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it, yeah, kind of is. Oh wait, yeah, it is. <laughs> oh wait, yeah, it is. Hey, can we talk about how big a jerk Bill Belichick is? Oh, Bill Belichick once again. He's uh, he's getting all defensive. He's getting all feisty, and I like it because here's the thing: we're finally getting some media honesty with Bill Belichick. The the you know the the media has always. You know, some people in the media have crucified Bill Belichick for being how he is, but never to his face and never in the same room. So, like, if you were a Patriots beat writer 
Uh, you might have got chastised by Bill Belichick for asking a stupid question, but you just know next time you got to come back with better questions. You got to know not to touch on that subject again to keep the relationship nice and and you know kosher, so to speak. We're we're past that now, and everybody's uh, everybody's throwing harder and harder questions out there at Bill as this season gets worse and worse and worse. And today, apparently, the subject of draft position came up, or draft success, or lack thereof in this case. Why aren't the draft picks working, Bill? Because he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. And Bill got real defensive about it. He's like, well, I'm not going to apologize for 20 years of success. Yeah, and that's the thing. (laughs) This is is what you're going to get. Oh, he's got six rings. He's the smartest guy in the room. He thinks he's the smartest guy in the room, too. Right, but you never would have seen questions like this being asked had there not been... Like, we could all see the deficiencies when Tom was in town. Everybody knew the weaknesses. Yeah, but nobody wanted to admit it. But nobody wanted because to Because I was it. here, and, and trust me, I said it for years. Mm-hmm. This is a guy that I'm telling you, when Tom leaves town, you're going to see how bad this is. And it's a... Look. You know, I'm not sitting here telling you that I'm smarter than Bill Belichick because I'm not. Mm-hmm. The guy has probably forgotten more about football than I know. 100%. That's fine. I also scout 500 prospects a year. And you know what I have done for the last eight years? Because I went back and looked. That's the last time that Bill Belichick had a passing grade for me in a draft. Yeah. And it was the Chandler Jones Dante Hightower draft. That's the last time. Everything God, that's else. been eight years? Yes. Everything else has been a, a C or worse. Mm-hmm. Just like taking a guy like Dominique Easley, a guy that had injury history problems, he had character problems, but, oh, I can fix him. No, you can't. No, you cannot. He played 41 games in the NFL. He had six and a half sacks in his career. Mm-hmm. We tried to tell you. We tried to tell you. We tried to tell you. You know I mean? And I could do that for days. Cyrus Jones. Oh, I, you know, my, my profile on him Writing him up. He's too short. He's a special teams player. You took him in the second round. 2017, you had four picks. And guess what? Dietrich Wise is the only one that's been anything. Mm-hmm. So, then you take Isaiah Wynn that has short arms because, oh, you you know everything so much better than everybody else. Every scout said Isaiah Wynn was a late second to early third round pick, mm-hmm. including me. And what does Bill do? Takes him at 23. And what's he been? A nightmare. Constantly hurt. Tons of penalties, can't stop holding. You know why? Because he has a short arm. Because he has short arms that we measured out. We showed it to you. Sony Michelle, guy I didn't like in the first round. Mm-hmm. You take him in the first round. Now you're running him behind Damian uh, Harris. Right. Uh, most recently, Nikhil Harry. That pick hasn't gone so well when you consider the guys that were taken after Nikhil Harry mm-hmm. in that draft. Debo Samuel and AJ Brown and DK Metcalf. How much different would this be with DK Metcalf on the team? It'd be a lot better than Nikhil Harry, I can tell you that. Here's the thing. If you want to know Bill Belichick's problem in a nutshell, let me explain it with you, to you with the 2020 draft as my, as my bookmark. Mm-hmm. Kyle Duggar, okay. I, I don't hate that pick. He'll be, he'll be what he is. Mm-hmm. Josh Uche, you take him at, at 60. It's a guy heading the third round. Anthony Jennings, I actually didn't mind that. Devin Asiasi and Dalton Keene. You trade up twice to take two tight ends, one that I had in the sixth round, one that I had as an undrafted priority free agent. Right. Then in the fifth round, you take Justin Rohrwasser. 
He's a kicker for one. Two, he has a three percenters tattoo on his arm that somehow you did not know about. And three, he comes into camp and is an absolute unmitigated disaster. Kid couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. I had that from people that were at their camp. Right. The kid can't kick, period. He cannot kick. But you didn't know that because you're smarter than everybody. Right. You're smarter than everybody in the league, and I'm going to find these guys, these little gems. And you had a time where you did that. And you know when those times were? When you weren't the only guy in the room, but you've run everybody else out of town. Mm -hmm. Anybody that had an opinion, anybody who you respected, you've run them out of town because you're such an overbearing personality. Scott Pioli, I'm going to be honest with you. A lot of people aren't going to like what I'm getting ready to say, and I firmly believe it. Scott Pioli is more directly responsible for six Super Bowl rings than Bill Belichick is. Period. And it's not even debatable to me. Mm Mm-hmm. And you go back and look at the drafts that they had when he was there, and you look at the ones that it's been built just by himself, it's night and day. It's night and day. Finding guys like Matt Castle, who comes in and leads you to, and, and almost gets you to the playoffs in a year that Brady tears his knee up. Yep. This, is a, this was a seventh-round pick, and most people had him as a tight end. Logan Mankins. It's a guard that, you know, a lot of people said, oh, it's second, third-round pick, somewhere in there. Hey, you, he only brings him in, pro bowler. Mm-hmm. And I could do that for an extended period of time. And you go back and then you Asante Samuel and, and uh, Dan Klecko, just all these guys that had roles on those Super Bowl teams. And then Pioli runs away. And why does he run away? Because he got tired of being told no by Bill. And he said, you know what? I'm smarter than this. I'm better than this. I don't have to do this. I don't have to listen to you anymore. I don't have to, I don't have to deal with your narcissistic tendencies. I don't have to deal with the fact that you think you're smarter than everybody in this room. And he went away. Did he succeed by himself? No, but not particularly. But Bill hasn't succeeded as a personnel guy by himself either. Right. And that is the reason that you're looking at a Patriots team now that is completely bereft of talent. They have no receivers. They have limited weapons. And they have a defense that's just average. Mm-hmm. And before you say, oh, opt-outs, opt-outs, that, yeah, two of those guys would have played big roles. Patrick Chung and Deontay Foreman, that's it. I'm, I'm tired of that argument. Well, they had more opt-outs than anybody in the league. Yeah, and half those guys probably don't make the roster. Right. Uh, the New England Patriots are 3-5 and five on the season, and the media up there is starting to ask harder questions of Bill Belichick, to, to, to which he responds in pure Bill Belichick fashion of, yeah, I get you want to talk about the draft scorecard and everything, but um, you know we're, we're focused on getting ready for the Ravens. <laughs> okay, Bill. He's just a jerk. I mean, that's just all there is to it. Yeah, You know, they ask him about the draft, and his response is, I'd say the most important thing to me is winning games. I'm not going to apologize for our record over the last 20 years. I've seen a lot worse. Mm-hmm. Not saying that, Bill, but here's what we're saying. You had the greatest quarterback of all time, and without him, you've won exactly nothing. You're trash now, and that's Your what matters. Your team's terrible, right. and the only person you have to blame this on is yourself. Mm-hmm. That's it. You don't have anybody else to blame because you've run everybody else out of town. Right. But what is Bill Belichick? Uh, what do you expect him to say in that scenario? He's like, you know, like like when he was answering Honestly, the question, a, a little, a little, um, a, a little ability to be humble would be great. Okay. A little ability to introspectively look at yourself and go, you know what? We won a lot of we won a lot of Super Bowls in the first ten years of Tom. Then we only won a couple in the last few years, and he was the greatest quarterback that's ever played. Hmm. And we had all these guys that were willing to take discounts to play with him, 
And now he's gone. And now nobody wants to take a, a discount to play for me because all of a sudden I'm not the kiss the ring guys that, that, that puts six rings on my hand and goes, look, I'm the smartest guy in the room. Everybody looks at you and goes, no, you're a jerk. And you have a quarterback that's a loud mouth. That's not particularly good. And you don't have any weapons and you don't have anything that's going to make you better. And your next five years forecast is awful cloudy, Bill. Right. And it's, nobody wants to say that, but I 100% will. Yeah, and it, it's no secret that the Tom Brady thing, the, the Tom Brady, the transition was obviously n- not handled well. No. There was no plan after Tom Brady. I'm convinced. Oh, there was a plan. It was Garoppolo. That that was the plan. Yeah, but you had two years after that. I, I, mean, I understand to make that. a new play. They had already used premium draft capital. They didn't have the opportunity to take another one. Mm-hmm. I mean, who were they going to take last year? There's not one. I wouldn't tell you. There's not a franchise quarterback there. There's mm-hmm. not a guy that you would have looked at in higher esteem than Jared Stidham. You were stuck. Mm-hmm. And you were stuck because you're a jerk. And nobody wants to come play for you. And that's the reason that you had to be the one to extend the olive branch to Cam Newton when nobody else in the league wanted him. ESPN Asheville 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. You're in the sports tank with Jeremy Green. We'll have more coming up next. Uh, coming up next, we'll talk about uh, the fast approaching NBA draft and all the trade talks that are out there right now. Lakers, really? DeMar DeRozan? You're in the sports tank. We treat star athletes better because they're better people. That's not fair. Life isn't fair, kiddo. Get used to it. Are you in the sports tank with Jeremy Green? Heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Yes, I realize it's football weekend, but we've got storylines in the NBA. I the draft care. is coming up on Wednesday. It's the trade rumors are flying around. Flying around. They are flying. They are not flying. They are flying around like like so many squirrels. The Lakers interested in a trade for DeMar DeRozan. Don't buy it. Don't buy it at all. Nope. Why not? It doesn't make any sense. Okay. It makes no sense. You give up a, a guy in Kuzma who I'm not going to say is a great player, but he's good enough. He's a young piece. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the few that you have. And you give up Danny Green, who's one of the few guys you have that's a three-point shooter, for a guy that can't shoot at all. (laughs) DeMar DeRozan, yeah, definitely not known for his shooting. It it doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, this is a guy that in his life... Do you know what the best year from three he's ever had was, Mm. percentage-wise? 33%. I don't see a shooting guard with LeBron and Anthony Davis being a 33% shooter from three. Right. Doesn't make any sense. You got to find something. You got to find a three, a deep three shooter somewhere out well, there. Well, when you've got a dribble drive guy like LeBron and you've got a guy like Anthony Davis that can extend defenses that's not a lane clogger, you need to. I mean, I, I guess I understand how it could work. Mm-hmm. I just don't get it. It, it, it. it makes no sense to me. You, so you bring in a 31 year old guy in DeMar DeRozan that's, I mean, he. I just, right. um, it's it doesn't do anything for me. I mean, he's a guy that would play third wheel when he's on the floor, and then he would lead the second team. Best case scenario. Yeah, that's how you'd get the most out of him. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. I mean, we saw at times that that there was no second crew for the Los Angeles Lakers. 
I mean, LeBron or AD had to be on the floor at all times. Because if they weren't, they were bad. Correct. And so this gives them the ability to be able to rest both their stars at the same time and still have something out there. But, you know, is the fact that DeMar DeRozan is a a pretty good passer, is that enough for you? Not really. He can score in the mid-range, he can drive the basket, and he can pass. The guy, if... If I'm really going to give any credence to any of this, the Russell Westbrook talk's ridiculous. There is no interest in him across the league. <laughs> the Hornets reached out. I, they're not going to pay the price of what I've heard. Right. You know, I said yesterday they wouldn't give up Devontae Graham. Oh, he was asked for it. Of course And that was. was an immediate no. Mm-hmm. Immediate no. The Knicks have kicked it around. It, it's not worth talking about, in my opinion. Right. There are two guys that are worth talking about that are Borderline all-star level guys that I could see being dealt next week. Okay. Drew Holiday is one, Mm -hmm. and I've heard every team in the NBA wants him, and of course they do because he's a fantastic player. (laughs) The Celtics, though, have the the biggest I've heard. There's one huge problem with the Celtics. The only way that math works out is if the Pelicans are willing to take back Gordon Hayward, and I'm going to go ahead and tell you they're not. That would make zero sense. And we hear this talk about Drew Holiday every year. And every year, nothing happens. Mm-hmm. Okay, they kicked it around. Whoop-de-doo. If somebody's going to trade him from New Orleans, I think it's Lonzo Ball. And what could you get for him? Lonzo? Yeah. Not a lot. Really? Not a lot. And I've heard Detroit's that there is going to be a Ball brother playing in Detroit next year. I, I do, I'm going to go out on that limb. Okay. I can't tell you if it's Lonzo or if it's LaMelo. One of them will be in Detroit. Hmm. Because Detroit has had meaningful conversations about both. Right. The other guy that I I think this guy is going to be traded, and this could be a guy that winds up in Charlotte, Miles Turner. Really? Yes, he is going to be. I, I feel very sure he's going to be traded out of Indiana. I know Charlotte reached out. The thing I can't get a good gauge on is if he's okay with that. Because he's only got one year left on his deal. So they're not going to give up anything meaningful if he's not going to resign. Mm-hmm. And I know that they reached out at the deadline. You know, the Miles Turner almost got dealt at the deadline. I've yet to get a good feel about how he feels about being in Charlotte. Well, they need a center. They do. They definitely need a center. Um, yeah, because it's not Bismack Biombo. What about Aaron Gordon? There's been talk that the Magic could be shipping Aaron Gordon somewhere to try to move up into the lottery. Who would be a team that would make sense for that? If If Orlando wanted to move up into the lottery and package their pick with Aaron Gordon... Is there a team that would take that deal? Not, not really. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I really don't. Right. I mean, Aaron Gordon's one of those guys that he sounds better than he is. Mm-hmm. I think there's going to be very. But here's the thing: I can't emphasize this enough. This is the reason I haven't wanted to talk about this. You're going to have very limited movement because you know what teams aren't really signing up to do right now: add salary. There's no team going, yes, we want to bring in more salary, not knowing what the cap's going to do, not knowing what next year's going to bring, not knowing if you're going to have fans in the stadium. I mean, and you look at a team like Charlotte that's not a big market, they're not going to add. I mean, the Miles Turner's one thing because he's it's one year and done in theory. I don't see them. I mean, unless they can get out of Nick Batum, which is an albatross, then they might do it. That's, I think you're going to see way more of that. A team that maybe has that nest egg of of money that's willing to take a Batum or somebody like that mm-hmm. to get a, compl- a, 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 a 
some draft picks that are going to be, you know, young, affordable, controllable right. assets. That I can see. Other than that, I don't think you're going to see much. Yeah, of course, uh, the draft coming up on Wednesday night, so the rumors will continue to fly about who's going to move where. We'll have the latest for you right here on ESPN Asheville. On the weird scale, there's Vegas, there's Florida, and there's Asheville. Let's get weird, Asheville. All right, Jeremy. Do you have something truly weird? I do. Because I don't have anything truly weird, but I do have a story that I want to highlight. You go ahead, ahead and then I'll tell my... Because mine is is super bizarre, and it's the most frightening thing I've ever seen in my life. Okay, I'm going to just throw this out there. This is in in no way a joke or anything or a shot because it's going in the weird segment. I would have put it in just a bit outside, but we didn't do that because we had the Chiefs picks. But the Marlins have hired Kim Ang to be the first female general manager in a major sport. Miami Marlins going with Kim Ang, who has been the uh, senior vice president of player development or something uh, at the for the entire Major League Baseball for the last few years and served once as an assistant general manager for the New York Yankees. She's been, harry, uh, been hired by Derek Jeter and the Miami Marlins to be their new GM. So just, uh, I mean, it is a major, major ceiling broken uh, for major sports that she will now become the first general manager, female general manager, uh, and a and, and minority at that. So hats off to Kim Ang. I've said my piece. Yeah, I wanted to make sure that that story got into mm-hmm. the show at some point. Fridays are difficult. You yep. know, we have a lot of football. We got the chief in here. We, we just got a lot of moving parts but now i have a truly weird story and i'm not going to lie to you this is the most horrifying thing i've ever seen in my life (laughs) i'm just gonna read it verbatim this is from the huffington post in an amazing photo making the rounds a snake eel blasts through the stomach of a heron flying over delaware the heron had apparently swallowed the serpent whole photographer sam davis told live signs this week he thought at first that the eel had bitten the bird and clamped on but after blowing up the photos he saw an entirely different scenario i could see the eel you could see its eyes it was actually coming out the stomach of this bird this is the most horrifying thing i've ever seen in my life (laughs) and i just shared it on my twitter at jay green espn nice i will never unsee that legitimately i I don't like it Mm -hmm. and now if there's anything that could have made me more terrified of birds, it's that there could be something in said bird that is going to burst forth at me. I wasn't even thinking about it in that in that scenario, but nice. It legitimately made my skin crawl. Oh, now now there are birds out there that are just they could just emit snakes anytime. Don't like it. You just never know. <laughs> I love it. All right, uh, some breaking news about the uh, the Chargers game. Bosa and uh, Justin Jackson going to be out for that game. Does it matter? Does it sway you? Does any of the news that you've heard about this game sway you at all? Because I think this is the game that you and I differ the most on this week, is the Chargers and the Dolphins. 
you feel like you feel like it's going to be the Dolphins just dominating, uh-huh. and I feel like this is a game that the Chargers could sneak around and win if they could ever learn to close the game. And but they can't. But they, so. <laughs> but this that. does mean that there is going to be workload for Kalen Balage again this week. So we can at least no Justin Jackson. Right. We can at least. All rest on that. Well, for whatever reason, they're not going to give Joshua Kelly full tote. Because he's I, not good. Is he better Josh than... Josh Kelly Kalen is... Kalen was cut by the Jets. No, I get it. But but here's the thing. To me, uh, Josh Kelly is what you think uh, Derrick Henry is. The guy that touches the ball a lot and only gets 60 yards. I, I'm... You know what? I'm not going to lie. I don't disagree with you on that. But... He's better than Kalen Balazs. Yes. But they like Kalen, apparently. I mean, they used him a lot last week. He's not good. Mm-mm. He's not good. I don't know what the answer is going to be for them. Uh, you know, the Jeremy was talking this morning about Austin Eckler. Is apparently, apparently he's ready to get back on the field. He looks like a Terminator. But it's not going to happen this week. Uh, I think he, I think he, the soonest he can come back is next week. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Uh, So here you go. The Chargers are going to be without uh, Joey Bosa and Justin Jackson. The Dolphins, on the other hand, uh, because of uh, COVID, they are going to be out Christian Wilkins and Kyle Van Noy on the defensive side of the ball. Mm hmm. Mm, I'm still thinking it's going to be a close one. Yeah, I I don't. It's Justin Herbert, man. I'm not putting anything past him. He he has he he has struck me. You're. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not sold on him. Mm-hmm. I am. I'm not sold on their ability to finish games. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they're going to have the opportunity. I really don't. You don't think they're going to score at all? No, I, mean, I didn't. No, I, I didn't say that. Not at all, but. No, I think they'll score fine. I don't think they can stop Miami. Okay. I just think there's a huge talent discrepancy here. Where would you where are you on the point spread here? How much do you think they win by? Oh ten. I I think it's gonna be comfortable. Okay. But it I don't think I mean I don't necessarily think they're gonna blow them out. Gotcha. I mean see that's what I I was trying to figure out. I think it's gonna be comfortable. Mm Mm-hmm. That's what I was trying to figure out. How how highly you thought of the Miami Dolphins this week? Because I mean, I think there's a lot of intrigue in this game just because it's Justin Herbert and Tua. Tua looked good last week. I'm sure he'll be fine again this week. The Chargers have been a letdown on the defensive side of the ball for the most part this year. The Chargers just can't finish, and to me, that's not necessarily entertaining football. Mm-hmm. It, it's just really not. Right. The other biggest injury of the week, especially for our local area, Christian McCaffrey, out for the week, got the shoulder injury. And uh, I don't know, do you do you expect this to be a lengthy Brad Evans sit said down? He, Brad Evans said he just said on um, Fantasy Football Radio that he expects CMC to miss next week as well. Mm. And I'll be honest with you, if he misses the next two weeks and they lose them both, which I think they will, uh, I wouldn't be shocked if they just shelf him. Yeah, you can be three at eight at that point. What's I mean, the, then it, what's the point? Why? Then, you know, then why? Why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of the, at that point already. What are we fighting for here? 
Do we want to just be in the 10th position in the draft or do we want to be a little bit better? I really do. At the, at the, at the top of the organization, I feel like they start having these conversations. They'll never talk about it in a locker room or admit that they ever talk about it in a locker room. But I think at the top, you do start having these conversations. We've got a banged up running back that we're owing $16 million to. Maybe we should just not go down this path. Because it's not like Mike Davis has been horrible. And so Mike Davis can come in and fill that void. And we'll just take our chances see where we end up. I think if the draft were held today, Carolina would have the 10th pick. Mm-hmm. As a Panther fan, do you like that spot? Or would you like to be a little bit better? Well, I mean, the, the worst thing you can be is completely average. And right now, that's what I, uh, unfortunately, I think that's what Carolina is. Mm-hmm. You're, you're painfully average. I've always said, if you're going to be bad, be bad. Mm-hmm. You know, don't be just decent. It's uh, unfortunately, it's a this is what I said scenario yesterday. with the Charlotte Hornets. You know, do you don't want to be right in the middle, just barely making the playoffs every year? You go be bad, be bad, get the number three pick. I kind of think that's the road the Panthers should go down as well. I, I mean, that's that's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Is I don't I don't understand why you would continue. You know, to to I don't understand why you would wear out. Wear more off Christian McCaffrey in a season that you're going to be three and eight the next time he sees the field. That just mm-hmm. that makes no sense to me. <laughs> Last night we had the Indianapolis Colts and the Tennessee Titans. Ooh, there's not really a whole lot to talk about here, is there? I know we haven't covered it today on this program, but it was an AFC South matchup. Yeah, the Colts took the lead in the division, but do you really have any hopes in either of these teams moving forward? Oh, you know what I want to talk about? Yep. Got that one right. <laughs> yeah, you did. Oh, you know what else I got right? Uh, did you see the Boise State score? Oh, yeah. Did you happen to see the over-under? That's a 3 no night. Nice job. Yeah. I, I love nights that I'm 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 number and O. Oh. I just, I love those. He's just so so wrapped up in himself. No, yes, that I would we say all that. knew that. Yeah, I don't know that I'd say that. Everyone would say that. Well, I'm not everyone. <laughs> yes, and this we know to be true as well, Jeremy. Um, wow. I don't know. Are there any other standout storylines for you this week in the NFL? Not, I mean, it's just a bad slate to me. And I mean, it works out perfect because you got the Masters and, you know, the four o'clock games aren't mm-hmm. terrible. Mm-hmm. But there's just so little to get amped up about. I mean, what game are you looking at going, man, I can't wait to see that? <laughs> well, <laughs> well uh, Bills and Cardinals, obviously. I mean, it's fine. And the Seahawks and the Rams. They're, those, those are, are both always fine. great matchups. Those are both fine. Look at the primetime matchups. Vikings, Bears. Uh, Ravens, Patriots. Uh, I can't go. Uh, it's not good. It's well, not see, good. You, you won't need to focus on that. We'll be so tired out Sunday after the, you know, the drama at the Masters and it all wrapping up and then the 4 o'clock slate's decent. And then you won't have to worry about it. You just go home and take a nap. Get ready for the work week. You know, that's what everybody's looking forward to on Sunday nights, right? Is, is, is what, I mean, I'm told to that's what adults do. 
adults are all, you know, Sunday night, you know, getting ready for the week, get my rest in. Oh, yeah. I'm just trying to squeeze every ounce out of the weekend that I can. Yeah, just no. Just I, I just don't want, I don't want to. I don't want to move off my couch. <laughs> Let me keep doing that. You just don't want to do any of the things. It's about right. And after the, I mean, this is just, and you know, I have a belief that I'm probably going to be wrong and that this is going to be a great week and these games are going to be really good because every time I look at a slate and just go, this is terrible. Mm -hmm. It winds up being some of the best finishes, some of the Mm -hmm. best games, some of the closest competition. And that's most likely what's going to happen this week Yeah, because I'm looking at everything going, but you've got a lot of, there, there are a lot of opportunities for close drama field games this weekend is there though come on washington and detroit Ugh. will you be surprised if that's a last possession field goal or touchdown drive will you be shocked if that game sets football back 15 years <laughs> no i won't there you go eagles and the giants that'll uh, be another one yeah let me let me just give you a, a solid piece of advice when you're trying to sell me on how good a slate is, starting with two games that have NFC East teams in them is probably not a no, good no, way no. To go. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about games that could have fantastic finishes, but but it's still bad football. It's still horrendously bad football until the last three minutes, where somebody's going to go on a drive and there's going to be that drama. You don't have to pay attention to it any of that time. But I tell you what, when it's four minutes to go in the fourth quarter and uh, my Buccaneers are up as comfortably as I think they will be up on the Carolina Panthers, I'll look over at the television and go, ooh, Carson Wentz trying to bring his team back from the dead because I could see that being a very real scenario. I don't think this is going to be an easy game for Philadelphia. Nothing comes easy for them. And I may be wrong about it, and Jeremy thinks that the Philadelphia Eagles and this is bounce-back week for Carson Wentz, and they're just going to blow out the New York Giants. Nobody has blown out the Giants this year. Yeah, I just don't think they're. I just don't think the Giants are good. I, I don't either. But they are good enough to play in close games, regardless of who they play. So to me, I see that, and I go, that's an interesting game. It's ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. Jeremy has all the rest of the picks coming up after the break in Green on Green. Coffee's the closers on. Get them the money. Then when you get the money, you get the power. That watch costs more than your car. Then when you get the power, then you get the money. Welcome back to the Sports Sync, ESPN Asheville, 92.9, 880, and 1400. This is my favorite segment of the week. And I'm going to start with a school that I have a particular fondness for, and it's not Florida State. It's the West Virginia Mountaineers, one of my favorite schools in the country. West Virginia has a top 25 passing attack. They score well. They have a fantastic defense, and they're only a three-point favorite against TCU. This should be bigger. My computer model has them as a 10-point favorite. I'm taking West Virginia minus the three. Next, Utah is a two-and-a-half-point favorite against UCLA. Can we be really honest about this Chip Kelly experiment at UCLA? They are sewer water. They just gave up 50 to Colorado, and they're only a a two-and-a-half-point dog to Utah. That's ridiculous. They're one in four against the spread in their last five, and they're one in four in the spread again in their last five against the Pac-12. 
I'm going to be honest with you. They haven't come close to Utah in six games. They ain't coming close here. Give me the Utes minus the two and a half. Army is a three and a half point dog to Tulane. Tulane started the year one and four against the spread. There's been a recency bias. They've stayed close to bad teams. Army's not a bad team. They play slow. They're not going to, the defense of Tulane is not going to matter that much. I'm taking Army not only plus the three and a half, I'm taking them to win outright. Penn State's a three-and-a-half-point favorite against Nebraska. You remember what I just said about UCLA? Lather, rinse, repeat about Nebraska. I don't care about Adrian Martinez. I don't care how bad Penn State's looked. I understand that Journey Brown's not there and Micah Parsons isn't there. This week, Journey Brown was forced to retire due to a heart issue that was found during a COVID test. I'm telling you right now, Penn State is going to rally. They're going to play well, and I think they're going to beat Nebraska to death. I think this is a four-score game. Wow. Next up, UTEP plays the UT San Antonio Roadrunners. That's what that's going to sound like. These are two god-awful teams. Horrendous. I'm going to level with you. My next two picks have the same thought in mind. There is no team in America that the, that, that the Roadrunners should be favored against. UTEP's going to do what Wiley Coyote could never do, squish the Roadrunners and cover the seven and win outright. <laughs> yeah. Southern Miss is an eight-point dog to Western Kentucky. I can't believe I'm getting ready to do what I'm about to do. Southern Miss is on their third coach. They're awful. They're the worst team in America. But Western Kentucky might be worse. <laughs> Give me Southern Miss plus the eight and a half. They win outright. Go and big, right? Finally, Boston College, Notre Dame. Notre Dame's a 12 and a half point favorite. Mm. No. Boston College plus the 12 and a half. They're going to win outright. The last time Notre Dame beat a number one team in America, they followed it up the week after. In 1993, they beat number one Florida State and went out the next week and lost to Boston College. Those who forget history are doomed to repeat it. Give me the Eagles plus 12 and a half in the money line. They win outright. Wow. All right. There you go. Jeez. You've laid it all on the line here. 14 more gems. 14 more picks. Whew. I'm tired. It's Friday. <laughs> now my throat hurts because I've yelled for the last three minutes. Uh, I can't wait till we have a camera on that because people need to see how red your face gets. Like the red in his face gets almost as much as the beard. It is quite nice. You're kind of like the... Uh, well, you've never seen that movie, so I'm not even going to make the reference. I'm going to be, uh, <laughs> I'll be answering betting questions on my Twitter this weekend at Jay Green ESPN starting at 11 o'clock tomorrow. I'm doing another webcast on another show in Atlanta tomorrow starting at noon. You'll be able to find it on this at the Sportsocracy. I'm going to live stream it there. I'll be answering questions all weekend at Jay Green ESPN on Twitter. If you're going to ask me questions, at least follow me. That's the nice thing to do. There you go. We do have to get this in there, uh, in here before we head off, though. Sad day for the NFL world. Paul Horning passed away. The Golden Boy, uh, of course, played for Notre Dame back in the day, way back in the day, like when my dad, before my dad was born. Uh, <laughs> one of the all time greats. Obviously, he was a part of that Packers dynasty back in the 60s. Uh, died today at the age of 84. So, uh, yeah, ha- uh, you know. Obviously, thoughts and prayers with his family as they are dealing with that. Uh, At the Masters, 
Uh, through, let's see here. Let me, let me refresh so I don't give any bad statistics here. We still have uh, four atop the leaderboard uh, in the clubhouse. Uh, Abraham, Abraham Answer, Cameron Smith, Justin Thomas, Dustin Johnson. All those guys nine under through two rounds of the Masters. We still have uh, a lot of guys on the course, and yeah, they're not going to finish. Uh, it's probably an hour and a half, hour 45 minutes away from dark. And it looks like we, I mean, there's still dudes on like the sixth tee. It's entirely possible that you're going to have. Oh, I, I need to point this out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack Hastings pointed out to me that they're going to. So I, I said earlier that they would be playing the same uh, tee setups on Saturday. Mm-hmm. They're not. So what I had been told is that the time crunch is going to be so tight that they weren't going to audible the pin placements. Okay. They are. So they will, they'll close out the second round with today's pin placements and then they'll move everything tomorrow. I appreciate Jack for sending me that okay. in an, in a message. Uh, I, I didn't know that I haven't been, I haven't watched a lot of the coverage with the sound up, right? But that's, that's what I had read on Twitter earlier. And he told me that is, don't incorrect. forget to join us on Sunday. We'll be at the social in East Asheville on tunnel road. As we are every Sunday, watching every NFL early afternoon game. We will be there as well as, uh, well, all of our friends will be there. And you can get all the chicken wings that you want, and they are the best wings in town. We will see you.